For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. It's your West Ham recap. Newcastle United 2. West Ham 0. A great way to start the season. I've, I have to... I, I have something that says when the last time Newcastle won their Premier League opening match. Um, but we'll get into all of that. Oh, first... that's a that's a stat I already know. Oh, then then the person I'm about to introduce can tell you later. Uh, no. This is the best damn co-host in the land speaking into your ears. It's Elijah hmm. Newsome. Yes, uh, excited to be here. Excited to um, once again be talking about some Newcastle football like the mm. action recapping, all that kind of stuff, because I did miss it. And honestly, out of all the teams I support this weekend, um, like, sorry, out of all the teams I support this past – wait, how do I say this without it sounding like – grammar is so weird. But basically, Newcastle were the only team that, like, I'm a fan of that uh, actually, like, delivered. Did, I mean – Did a thing. Yeah, well, the Braves did. But, like, the Braves, like, are, are apparently really – are a good baseball team. So, like – I guess this just happens. They just keep winning. And it's like, oh, I mean, but Newcastle, that was actually quite pleasurable to watch. Um, well, yeah, the, the fun... Braves do that until the playoffs, but. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm, I hate you. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Elijah underscore news. So be sure to follow the main account at coming home in UFC. Uh, Greg, where can they follow our, our podcast account? At CHN underscore podcasts oh and me at nufc underscore greg so yeah. it was a great it, it was a, a still we're still in this weird time where the season's obviously delayed we're at west ham the the one thing that i noticed for this match before we like really dive into it is that it didn't seem that much different because at at that stadium the fans are so far away from the pitch they didn't even <laughs> notice that fans weren't even in the stadium so it was yeah. a good good experience for me it seemed normal uh, yeah. How about you, Elijah? <laughs> uh, same. It, complete with the I for some okay. West Ham. This is serious time. I'm putting down my drink. Uh, West Ham. There are no fans at the match. They just they're not there. Why the hell are they still putting out bubbles? Like there's thing. no one there. Like it doesn't make any sense. To, like I don't understand why they did that, but they did. And that seeing the bubbles. Um, after halftime and coming back in, just seeing bubbles just floating around the pitch, once again looking just stupid as they are because they're bubbles and this is a professional football team. That also reminded that like it felt normal. It felt like oh yes, we're playing West Ham at the London Stadium. There's the bubbles. I can't see the fans. I hear the fan noise, but you know. Yeah, we're playing West Ham, not in West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a 
It's just odd. Uh, but at least it was a normal experience for them. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was definitely normal for West Ham. Um, to... Watching it on TV, I was probably closer to the, the fans that would attend the match if they were allowed to. Man. Uh, I've actually yeah. been in that stadium. Uh, As for the I. Olympics. I was not there for the Olympics. I was just there, like, after that. Uh, I was there studying the Olympics. Mm. But after the Olympics, it already happened. To be there for the Olympics when you're studying. It. Well, I was I was not in college. Oh. I would when the the London Olympics happened in 2012, and I was the the tender young age of 15, so oh. um, was not in school yet. Um, but if I was, I would have uh, wanted to go 100, percent but I wasn't. So I decided uh, for going afterwards. <laughs> and well, we had our Olympics this past weekend, mm. so. Great win for us. Uh, we'll get before we dive into all the details for it. Uh, we'll get into three words and just to let you know how this podcast will run. So this is just our, our recap podcast. So we're going to recap every match. Uh, if it's if the match happens on a weekend, you get it on Monday, and if the match happens on a weekday, you'll get the the recap of the match the following day. So that's our how we're doing this going forward. Uh, but now we'll dive into three words. So after every match, as you should know, but if you're new, after every match, we post on Twitter to comment with three words to describe the match, and we'll read them on the show. And worth Um, noting that we were the OGs to do it, and anyone else who does it, they are just copying us, which has happened already multiple times. But people are now recognizing the OGs. We did it first, especially when it comes to Newcastle. So... um, (laughs) Only comment three words on our post. If you see anyone else do it, just report them, block them, all that good stuff. Yeah, I wonder if you could just say your three words is coming home Newcastle every time somebody else does it. Oh, I will. I I, I mean, I've always done the quote tweet with the, uh, the, the you, little you... emoji with the, the guy who's like got the two fingers. Like, I wish people could see me because it's like the guy with the, who's like at the thinking face or the one with the monocle, you know, the, the dude is like, oh, like Sherlock Holmes, I always quote tweet with, with those because it's like, huh, where did you get this idea from? Where have I seen this before? Like, it's the it's the CHN podcast account. That's who. That's where they saw it. All right. Anyway, let's get no, the we don't have it copyrighted. It's completely fine if they do. I mean, I know. I just want people <laughs> to give us credit. Like, I, I think I'd be fine if the accounts were like smaller than us. But they're like these massive accounts. Like, the Chronicle shouldn't be taking our ideas. Like, you're the Chronicle. Like, come up with your own stuff. Like, you've got Twitter's like free. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. You got like forty thousand followers. Like. I mean, it's flattering because, like, we know those guys, and they're still like, oh, we're going to take this idea, but whatever. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, Mr. Steel, you're worldwide, says, mm. finally have goal scorers. That's oh, sorry. Great. Isn't Mr. Steel, you're worldwide? Uh, didn't we find out he's in, like, French Quebec or something like that? Uh, Montreal? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, but we uh, – well, yeah, I guess I de- we knew he was, like – a. Oh, we're not allowed to say. Uh, he could be a – yeah, finally have goal scorers. Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12 says, Iose is still shite. Yes, sir. And that's even <laughs> – that's been proven today as Leicester just – they won and Iose didn't do anything. So. Yeah. Uh, Craig Atkinson at Darlow Quaker says, <laughs> absolute shocking suit. With a picture. Uh, Kim Avery at Kim Kerfuffle says, Yes, new boys. 
Andy Schultz at Schultz Andy. What's this feeling? Yeah, that's that's new. It's new to us. Uh, Gary Hopkins at Hopkins zero one two. Kenny, good start. Sky wants the police defunded. <laughs> at Sky on Air underscore says build the statue. Uh, that's a very Philadelphia thing. Uh, so we can do that in Newcastle as well. Uh, Blake at Atlanta fans say that too, but we just don't have that many people to build the statue. Oh no, well. we we actually build the statue. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I mean, you know, we will eventually. Man City, they build statues. Yeah, there you go. They're like you, you, you retire. They immediately you leave the club, and like the next day, they're like, oh hey, you're getting a statue. So, <laughs> um, Blake at B Munch says never in doubt. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry says that looks competent. Uh, also, Blake also added one. A little shot at the best name calls in the land. Elijah oh. Newsome, cold takes ex- exposed. Oh. I see it on Hendrick. Uh, <laughs> oh, Alex man. Passine at Alex underscore Passine says it like works. And Whippy, yeah. Whippy Mag at Whippy and UFC says calm, controlled performance. And Craig Corny at Craig Shitpeas says suck me off. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Is he ha- – wait. I wonder if Craig is the helicopter individual. Is who? The helicopter individual from last season. Mr. Uh, helicopter Wee-Wee. Oh, well, maybe. That'd be cool. I mean, it would just it would be like a nice little callback if he was the helicopter guy. Or he just enjoys people um, performing the action that he, he, he stated out loud. But I was just trying to connect the dots as to why he said that. You know, if he was the helicopter guy, it would make sense. But if he's not, then I, I can't defend it. So, yeah. Also, before we move on, I want to quickly clear up the fact that I, I, I am, I put myself on the hot seat. That's why the cold takes exposed three words came in. Um, in our season preview, which you can read on cominghomenewcastle.com, uh, go ahead, check that out. Our staff did a season preview. And someone said, who's going to be our worst signing? And I said, Jeff Hendrick. And again, I didn't say I like, I, and you guys heard it on the pod last week, not because he's bad. Like, I don't, I don't think Jeff Hendrick will be bad. I just think that he won't get as much playing time as the other signings. And I was just immediately wrong because he started. And then of course was the man of the match. So um, yeah, uh, I understand why people are saying that I may have had a cold take, but you know, you live and you learn, blah, blah, blah. I could still be right. Who knows? All right, so let's get into the match. We have our lineups. I'll just go over that and the subs and then get your thoughts, Elijah. Okay. So we had Darlow starting, then Manquillo, Fernandez, Lascelles, Jamal Lewis, Hayden, Shelby, Jeff Hendrick, St. Maximin, Carroll, and Callum Wilson. On the bench, we had Mark Gillespie, Kraft, Richie, Sean Longstaff, Almiron, Ryan Fraser, and... What were your initial thoughts, Elijah? Well, my initial thoughts were this is a 4-4-2, and people were like, no, it's not a 4-4-2. I was one of those I would say Maximin can play out wide as a 4-4-2, and I was like, okay, we've done it before, blah, blah, blah. You know what happened, Greg? I was right. It's a 4-4-2. And people were like, oh, Jeff Hendrick can't play out wide. And I was like, I wrote the article on Jeff Hendrick. I know he can play out wide because I looked at his – his, uh, his uses at Burnley, and he was mad that he played out wide at Burnley this past season, part of the reason he wants to leave. 
So uh, I knew that Bert, that Jeff Hendrick could play out wide. Um, there were some people that thought this could be a four three one two, which would be a very FIFA formation um, because like I've, that formation is one that sounds good in theory, but like in reality, usually doesn't work out and kind of morphs into like a like I don't even know what it morphs like a four four two diamond sometimes, but like that's just like a very FIFA formation. Um, and um, some people thought this could be a four two three one still uh, with Wilson playing like out wide or something in ASM in the middle. But I figured it was going to be four four two. I was correct. I was very curious to see how this worked um, because I just didn't know. Like we've seen four four twos in the past, and Andy Carroll hasn't really been that effective um, as a forward in these four four two formations. He kind of dr- tends to drop deeper, but that's because he's playing alongside Joel Linton, uh, who just also is not a forward. So. Well, who is not a forward. So it just – it makes things weird. So, yeah, I don't know. four four two is what we ended up going with. And, I mean, no complaints from me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I, I definitely was one of the people that did not expect a four four two. I didn't want a four four two, And I don't – I still don't think – and I can get into this. I still don't think four four two is uh, our best option moving oh, forward. No, not not at all. Uh, but but it, it – it somewhat worked today, and, and it was more of a free-flowing 4-4-2. There was a lot of movement up front, but it was a 4-4-2. I thought it was going to be a, a like a, a typical – like a 4-3-3. Yeah, the 4-3-1-2 could have worked. I thought – I was leaning towards a 4-4-3-3. Four, four, uh, definitely were... not the lineup I expected to see, especially Carroll and Wilson up top. Just didn't expect it. Didn't think it was going to happen. But also, like, I could also understand Steve Bruce starting Andy Carroll because Andy Carroll's played all the preseason matches. And that's legitimately why Steve Bruce said he started Andy Carroll. He's like, oh, he's been doing well in preseason. And I was like, okay, but is Andy Carroll your best option as a number nine? Does that fit? Is that the best system going forward? And, I mean, it isn't, but it's Steve Bruce. So, I think we're going to stick with this formation. Like, this is what's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to stick with the 4-4-2 until it doesn't work. I'm guessing probably Tottenham. It's not going to work. Or we'll probably won't run it this this against Blackburn because we're playing – like, it's just different personnel. You want to rest some players. But I'm guessing we'll run the 4-4-2 up until Tottenham, and then Steve Bruce will be like, oh, wow, this doesn't work anymore, and they'll change something else instead of sticking with one system. Yeah, and also just completely disagreed with – not starting Almiron. Almiron proved that later on in the match. But uh, I also, like, if you're playing Almiron, I hope we don't run a 4-4-2. Um, but and even then, I, like, I, I you saw him, he, he didn't play out wide that much at all. He came in, like, almost immediately. He, he, like, his, he was most dangerous on the inside, like, coming inside and almost playing as, like, a secondary striker in this 4-4-2. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there was no, there wasn't really designed, uh, there wasn't spots for these for these players to actually stay in. It was very free flowing up top, but um, it was definitely a four four two. So getting into the match, we so match Newcastle immediately like made an impact. We looked good. Uh, so it was it was Hendrick just to show you, I guess, how the four four two was lined up. It was Hendrick was on the right, St. Maximin on the left, and then Wilson and Carroll up top. And Newcastle had control of the ball immediately from the beginning of it. Uh, St. Maximin was getting tricky with some some moves like he usually does. And then there was a lot of opportunities where Wilson had a, head, or had a shot that just went 
like near post. He aimed for near post, just missed, and a header that went a little wide. Uh, Shelby's corner. Uh, it was what was that one? It was um, it was that like was Wilson Fernandez, or no, that was Wilson. Yeah, it was uh, like a it was almost like a Rondon esque. Like he leaped in the air, and I was like, Oh, oh yeah, this yeah, is going yeah, yeah. In. And it just didn't. But I was Shelby like, oh. just targeted him. It was like a straight line, <laughs> straight out to him. And, and like the one thing that I was really impressed with in the beginning is Callum Wilson was moving to create an opportunity the whole time. Mm-hmm. He was moving to different spots in the box. He was making himself available for the ball. You could tell he wanted the ball and wanted an opportunity to score, uh, which is something that we just haven't seen, unfortunately, for a striker. Not like not even Dwight Gale did that when he was actually scoring towards the end of the year. It was just on some longer runs. So that was really refreshing to see in the beginning of the match is just Callum Wilson actually working to get in position to score, which is so refreshing to see. Andy Carroll was kind of just anchored, <laughs> but uh, Callum actually was working for it, which is really good. Any, any thoughts on that on the early on, Elijah? I think another thing that um, I noticed early on was how well Andy Carroll and Callum Wilson were kind of working together. And Callum kind of, uh, you know, mentioned this um, post game was that it was, it was, it was very interesting because you, it was like, it made sense. It's kind of what you want Andy Carroll to do, but he was like an absolute pest um, early on towards their center backs, giving them a lot of trouble. Obviously he almost, he could have been sent off for an early yellow when he was kind of, or, or given an early yell when he was heading the ball and elbowed like someone in the face and just like completely took him out. But like they were so focused on Andy Carroll, kind of his target man runs that like Callum Wilson was able to kind of drop back and, and act as a, as a secondary playmaker. Um, he was playing some balls in for other guys who were running in behind mainly ASM. Like it was, it was actually, it was one of those things where it's like, huh, this is uh it's nice to have like, an attack that looks competent. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. It was like Newcastle, even, even when they looked good in games early on last season and were able to score goals, it was never like, because the attack looked good. Like it was never because they had created multiple chances. And yes, it didn't result in that many shots on target early on, but there were a lot of shots like that were going Newcastle's direction. Um, Some narrow misses. Like there were some plays that were just like, you know, chemistry are going to figure something like with with time chemistry will develop that kind of stuff so I mean I don't know I was I was quite pleased with the attack early on and and I mean the defense weren't there wasn't really that much issues from them either I mean I wasn't really expecting that many issues from them as well yeah so halfway or 30 minute about 30 minute mark I well I say at the 30 minute mark it was Newcastle was the better team in my opinion and the two players that were causing us the most problem was Suchek and Antonio. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, um, which Antonio not surprising. Had, I mean, like yeah. in terms of informed players, those are the two probably most informed players outside of the, the golden child Declan Rice that West Ham have. Uh, they had to make Suchek a permanent move. Um, and Antonio, we already know, like he went on his like HGH-induced restart where he just scored an insane amount of goals. And statistically, this was really interesting, statistically like – his expected goals over those like nine games, Greg. What do you think it was? Six. Like he scored. So by the way, he scored eight goals in nine games, which is what we're talking about. His expected yeah. goals, you're guessing, was about six. Yeah. His expected goals were seven point seven. So if he had scored anything less than eight goals, he would have been underperforming. That's how yeah. good he was. Like it's actually kind of insane. 
Um, but yeah, like I would agree. They gave us a lot of trouble, but um, someone tweeted this and I thought it was interesting where it was like, um, I think an encouraging sign is that uh, every time a guy for West Ham gets a shot on target, you kind of like have forgotten that person was even in the match. Like that, so like a solid sign that like there wasn't much link up play between West Ham. It was really just the offense was running complete through Suchek and Antonio. Um, and Fredericks. Fredericks had yeah. a, a lot of opportunities, but that's the only three that really came to mind. Yeah, and even even Gerard Bowen or Jared – I think it's Gerard – is it Jared Bowen? It's Jared Bowen. Gerard, but it's Bo- oh. I don't I, I don't know. Whatever his name is, someone someone let us know the pronunciation guy because I really want it to be Gerard because that's just like a black person name and he's just the exact opposite of a black person. But he, you could tell he was trying to get involved, but like there were, he just couldn't do anything yeah. at all on down that down that wing. It was it was quite fascinating to watch. I'd say, yeah. Uh, so after the 30-minute mark, uh, we had a little bit of a breakaway that Wilson started. And he, he was trying to sweep the ball, missed it one time, but was able to pick it back up. And it was a, a three-on-three. Three, uh, and it was really a two-on-three for us because Andy Carroll just stopped. And uh, <laughs> well, he did. And Callum uh, had Shelby on his right, and he laid it off to Shelby. And Shelby, I, I thought this was going to be a goal because Shel- Shelby's yeah, usually yeah. on. At this spot, with his – I mean, he's very precise when he's when he's shooting and he has space. And he had it, but he hits the side netting. And he, he was – he kind of towed it to, to where it had an outward curling shot in the top top left or top right corner, but it ended up hitting the side netting instead. Uh, so that was a big opportunity, I thought, for Newcastle that we weren't able to take advantage of. What's that <laughs> shot at golf that's like an outside in? Is that a fade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it. That's what Shelby tried to hit with the ball. It kind of yeah. like he hit it at a point where it like he got a lot of spin on it, so that it would kind of literally just dip in right and like he. It was pretty much almost a goal. Um, the only flaw with that, I mean, like you can't hate the shot because it was like as close to perfect as you can get. Like if he if that shot is any more perfect, it is a goal. Which yeah. like you can't say about a lot of shots, even though you'd imagine you could say that about a lot of shots, but you can't really. Um, only complaint I would say is like after looking at that. Callum Wilson's ball to Shelby was a bit behind him, which kind of forced him to kind of rush his setup. Um, I think if it was a little bit in front of him um, and he had time to kind of come on to it, uh, he would have been able to kind of maybe get a, a shot that was slightly better. But again, like given the shot in this in the position and and the player took it, like I don't think you can really complain about that chance at all. It, it was nice to see. I mean, honestly, it was just nice to see Newcastle having a shot towards the net, like in general. That was just nice to see. Just it's cool. So we got to halftime, and uh, it was surprising that it was 0-0. Uh, West Ham hit the post twice. And Newcastle looked a better team. Callum Wilson was my player of the first half for sure. Uh, St. Maximin probably my second. And uh, that's how it went, 0-0. Do you have any any thoughts, overall thoughts on that first half? Yeah, I mean, and we can kind of talk about this later, but Declan Rice was a bit passive. Um, I thought he was going to go off injured at the end of the first half. He uh, – picked up a little bit of a knock after a tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, for a team that West Ham, like, was so reliant on Declan Rice to kind of transition from defense to offense, kind of pick up the ball super deep, advance it forward um, from that holding midfielder position. Like, he was just brutal. He A lot of giveaways. Um, not really, like, you know, finding um, players. Oh, gosh. What, my letterbox fell. Um, not really finding players like he wanted to. Uh, a lot of errant passes. And – had a lot of trouble, uh, like, 
marking Newcastle's midfielders, which he really shouldn't have. Like, I found Shelby and Hayden both had a lot of time and space on the ball. Um, and Hayden even, like, it's just one of those things you don't really ever expect Hayden to have space and time on the ball. But Hayden was able to make some forward runs. Like, it was it was kind of a, a like a shit show from Declan Rice from a defensive and offensive perspective. And it was one of those things where I was like, huh, we should probably take advantage of this because, like, on his day, he's a solid player and, and, and can cause some trouble. And I'm glad that Newcastle were able to kind of take advantage of him not really having a, a great match. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a break before we get into the second half. And we're going to do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, second half. We're, we're into it, and both teams immediately give the ball away, and it was an absolute just crap fest in the first couple minutes. Uh, and the one thing I noticed, the good thing for Newcastle, was Callum and Andy, like the West Ham didn't know what to do with them. Uh, they were always finding that space. And then shortly after the restart, it happened. We had our goal. Callum, Wilson, beauty. Debut goal, and it's deserved for him because he was working for it. He was working He's, for it. By the way, not many people were talking about him, but Javier Manquillo made this happen. He beat his yeah. man down the right. Uh, it was it was a battle. He won the battle. He he gets it crossed up there, and it deflects into the air, and then Hendrick got on and flicked it. And Calvin Wilson, like with the reflexes like no human should have, was able to get his foot – above his head in 0.04 seconds and got the ball, got contact on the ball before the goalie was able to punch it out and it directed yeah. right to the net. It was a great header by Hendrick, like really heads up, heads up play. Uh, yeah. Really heads up play by him and, and just incredible reflexes for Callum to, to get contact on that ball and put it in the net. It was, I would be furious if Newcastle let that goal in, but it's a great goal offensively. I love being on that side of it. Elijah, take it away. Yeah, I think one thing that this kind of note, it's something I noticed in the first half. I should have said it before the break, but um, one thing that was interesting about Newcastle in this 4-4-2 is that they were kind of flooding the box. So um, the opposite wing, um, and this typically was Jeff Hendrick, but the opposite winger, um, when the ball was on the other side of the pitch, would get into the box. Or if that fullback carried the ball forward, like a Jamal Lewis, if he carried the ball forward, ASM would pinch into the box. Um, and Jeff Hendrick being in the box. So Newcastle at all times had like about three or four players in the box because you had your two strikers who are already in the box and then you had whatever wide midfielder they come inside, the fullbacks are kind of staying out wide, providing the width. And that's exactly what happened here was like Jeff Hendrick was one of the, the people kind of kicked out of this play. He gave it to Mankio. Mankio beat his man, but Jeff Hendrick was making a beeline towards the box and was making himself an option in the box which is something that like Newcastle fans had complained about last year where it's like, we've got no one making runs into the box. And it's kind of like Steve Bruce noticing that and then over correcting for it by then saying like, all right, well, last season, there's a lot of times we're looking at film, not a lot of players making runs into the box. And so now we're just having every player make runs into the box, uh, which, you know, could lead to some overcrowding, but for, for today, it, for not today, but for, for this match, it worked. And um, that's honestly one of the only reasons like this goal happens is Jeff Hendrick redirects that to Callum Wilson. Like 
year last year that doesn't happen because there's only Joel Linton in the box. There's only Joel Linton and maybe ASM or maybe Almiron, more likely Almiron in the box. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a small thing that uh, it's, it deserves a little bit of praise. And honestly, I mean, shout out to Steve Bruce because I mean, it worked. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And West Ham was awful even after this goal. They, I mean, Newcastle just let them have the ball at times where most, most clubs would take advantage of this. And West Ham were just slow and sloppy and just miserable. And, like, they eventually started coming into it, but it took a long, long time. And West Ham tried – right when they started making subs, it started getting a little bit better. And then a lot of – oh, we almost had the, a penalty, which I thought the ref was definitely going to call it. Uh, it hit Hendricks' like, shoulder, arm, or bicep area. And you could tell Hendricks was, like, pulling away from it and still made contact. And the arm was by his side when it hit, which is not a penalty. So, But really good restraint, I would say, by the referee for not calling the pen. Because usually when every single player on a team reacts like that – the ref just yeah. uses it, and then they go to VAR, but he held off and then had VAR check it. Uh, so I think he held true to what he saw, and then if it was wrong what he saw, then he it, it would have been awarded a pen anyway. So uh, really good restraint by him there. And heads-up play by Hendrick to just keep his arm out of the way. Uh, but the first sub we had was Jolinton. Right, so a lot of break in between the goal and the sub. But nothing really happened after that goal for Newcastle. Uh, then yeah, we got yeah. our sub in the 75th minute. Of St. Maximin was taken off for Jolinton, which is not something I would be doing in that situation. A one-goal lead is not safe for Newcastle. And, uh, like, I, I, I guess Bruce was thinking, like, oh, yeah, I need an attacking sub. But, like, Miguel Amaran – that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what that's what I, I kind of tweeted. I think my tweet was about like um, I understand uh, being mad that Joel Linton was subbed off for ASM, but I don't understand people who are mad that ASM was subbed off because like if you remember last year, like ASM was a guy who we tried to play the full ninety all the time, and you know what happened, Greg? He he like broke his hamstrings and was just not a usable player for three months. And in those three months, Newcastle sucked. Uh, so um, I understand taking off ASM, uh, saving up those hamstrings, allowing him to kind of work his way back into being a, a full 90 player. Um, but I'm with you, Greg. I don't understand subbing on Joel Linton for ASM. And I understood, I understood what Bruce was trying to do because Joel Linton did have good games out wide, but I also understand that like, even though that's the case, there are three options that were on the bench that are better out wide than Joel Linton. Even if that's Joel Linton's best position per se as Newcastle player, which I mean is arguable. I would argue his best position is as a secondary striker for Newcastle in a 4-4-2 setup. Um, It was still just an odd sub when you had Frazier, Almiron, and uh, and Matt Ritchie on the bench. Um, And so that was weird, but it kind of corrected itself with the next couple subs. So, I mean, I wasn't I couldn't be too mad about it. And Joel Linton didn't look bad. I think me and Greg were kind of talking about this beforehand. I mean, Joel Linton didn't look like a 40 million pound signing, but when he came on, I mean, he didn't really make that many mistakes. There was clearly like a sense of more comfortability, comfortable, comfortability. I don't know how to say the word. Comfortability for him. Um, 
and, and you know, he looked like he was, he'd been there before as, you know, he didn't really look timid, um, was able to track back well, which we kind of already knew he could do um, track back. Well, uh, was, was good on set pieces in terms of defending um, and just making sure he was a big body that was marking some of their bigger bodies. And, you know, he had some decent runs forward, some decent passing, nothing crazy, nothing, but nothing bad, which is usually when Joel Linton's on, it's like, why are you not doing this? Why have you done that? Blah, blah, blah. And I found myself never asking that. So, I mean, shout out to Joel Linton there. Yeah. So after this substitute, uh, West Ham really started to come into the match and Newcastle just backed into goal. We, we need, really needed, uh, like we, we needed a St. Maximin or an Almiron in the match and we didn't have that. Uh, we didn't have somebody to, to hold the ball, move it forward, really get us out of our own end. And West Ham were, were starting to increase on that. And uh, it, it really restricted us a lot offensively. So you immediately saw a hole there. And then uh, after that hole started, I mean, it, it was 75th minute when we subbed on Jolinton and it was the 82nd minute. So it was like seven minutes in between we got Almiron on. And we, we subbed off Callum Wilson. Almiron came on. Great debut for Callum Wilson. You couldn't say anything more than that. And Almiron came on to the left, and then Jolinton was moved to the center. <laughs> Shocked that Andy Carroll was still in the, mat- in the match, by the way. But Amron immediately makes an impact. Yeah. So playing, uh, running all over the pitch like he always does, he is able to get onto the ball, progresses it forward, stops, looks up, finds Hendrick in space. Goal. Banger. Another debut goal. Two yeah, nothing Newcastle United. That one's nasty. And that that was a great that was a great goal. It was yeah. an Almiron link up with Andy Carroll, which I just said, why is he still on? Well, there you go. He got yeah. one. It was a one-two, gave it to Hendrick, right it was right side of the area. And he like he took a touch, like faked, went right, and then just like crushed it to the top left corner of the net. Beautiful goal. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, my first thought, like you, I was in the moment, I was having a conversation with a guy on Twitter about, like, why is Andy Carroll so – like, are we going to let Andy Carroll play 90 minutes? Like, that is just, like, you – that should be banned in every country. Like, that's, like, something – not something you do um, with Andy Carroll. And, uh, I mean, and like you said, yeah, I kind of ate my words because uh, it worked out. Um, Andy Carroll, uh, he was a big part of that. Uh, and it was one of those just super easy assists from McGomer. Like, it wasn't like a brilliant pass by him or anything. It was just like a – I just got the job oh, done. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you play the ball. I mean, and you just know that your, your mate's going to finish it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was a banger. That's, that's really all I can say. Like it was, it was a Jeff Hendrick banger, man. And they know what sucks about this is that like, I, I Newcastle tweeted, uh, the, the day before, like, Oh, remember what happened last time we went to West Ham and just seeing like all three of those goals at London Stadium, even though, like, they were just – wait, honestly, like, none of them were as good as the Jeff Hendrick goal. Like, I can just only imagine how crazy Newcastle fans would have been going a new way in for if Jeff Hendrick had hit that debut goal. Him and Callum, debut goals at away from home to win 2-0. Like, I can't even imagine how, like, the away section would have been looking. It would have just been unreal. And that's probably, like – that was, like, the first time I was like, Dan, I miss fans. Like, that would have been, like, a wow. That would have been sick to see Newcastle fans there. Yeah, uh, and that was uh, that was our match. It was an opening day victory for the first time 
since 2012 for Newcastle. Yeah. And it was deserved. You they know who scored goals. that game in 2012? Uh, I was there. Oh, you were there. Oh, oh, we get interesting. Greg, please tell us about your experience there. Hatem Ben Arfa. Uh-huh. Against Spurs. Yeah. That's what I remember. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, two to one. We won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And hate him. He did it. He did it. He did that thing. Wow. That was yeah. great. <laughs> so I, I, that's part of my stat is I specifically know this stat because I was at this match. Uh, it was my first Newcastle match and only, unfortunately. I haven't been. We're trying to go back. Um, and Thanks. we were talking about it and it was, might've happened this fall, but like then COVID. a pandemic happened and I lost my job and blah, blah, blah. And so Maybe next season we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, uh, so for this match, West Ham looked awful. Newcastle looked pretty good. We'll, ha- I guess, have to find out which one weighs more. <laughs> are we actually pretty good or are West Ham really that bad? Uh, yeah. Hopefully it's the former. Uh, let's. Do you have any thoughts just to wrap up this match before we move on? Oh, I mean, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about this in, in best worst because uh, we'll just probably be talking about praise. But um, – Really impressed by Jamal Lewis. Um, just, he was good. And so I'll, I'll expand upon that after the break, I guess, if we're taking yeah. a break. Yeah. yeah, we are. We're going to okay, take a break, good. and we'll do that now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah. Okay. Want to want to get back into quotes? Oh yeah. You want to do that, or do you want to give him a Jamal Lewis now? Uh, let's 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 do it how we're supposed to do it. So, I'm not really. I think quotes and then stats, then best and worst player. I'm pretty sure that's the order. I, for for reference, I don't have the. We have a we have a whole outline, believe it or not, that we use for this show. And um, usually I look at it, but for now, for right now, for some reason, I just don't have it up. So. Uh, I'm just trusting Greg to pilot this show, and I'm just sitting there and, as the co-pilot, um, not doing anything. Yeah, that seems accurate, actually. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve Bruce said, I wouldn't say this was my best week as Newcastle manager, but when you come away from the Premier League and win 2 nothing with two new signings scoring, it helps the cause. We need people who can play in the Premier League, and everybody at the club agreed. They are proven quality from the Premier League. It takes away the risk. I think that's <laughs> uh, There was not much in it, and we have a striker who scored a typical striker's goal. Callum Wilson enjoys playing against West Ham. It was good to see them two get off the mark. We were worthy winners. We have been missing goals. Callum will give us, every, or Callum will give us something different and makes the squad better. He can only help the situation. Man, um, oh gosh, this guy—he's going to go down as a legend. Like, if he doesn't get Newcastle relegated, if he doesn't get like fired for getting us relegated, like people are going to just love. Because, like, how do you not love these quotes? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, a couple more from him. He said, "We we have made progress. It is a long season. Cannot get carried away, but the last week has been a positive week for everybody. The impact the signings have made, the supporters in particular, will like the look of them." This is certainly the best I've seen of Andy Carroll since the year he has been back. He has scored a couple goals in preseason, and when he plays like that and he stays well, we know what sort of competitor he is. 
The other quote, uh, just a short quote from David Moyes. He said, I didn't enjoy the performance, didn't enjoy the game. So that's my thoughts. We didn't show enough quality. <laughs> Do you see the Cal Molson quote that he, uh, he basically was like, there was a lot of chances. Um, I tweeted it. I'm, I don't want to have to look for it. But um, basically it was like, we had a lot of chances. And honestly, it was nice to score my first goal, but I felt as if I could, I could have, I could have had a hat trick, which is a, uh, that's what you want to hear from a striker. I've, yeah. I've never heard a Newcastle striker pretty much be like, Hey, like I scored a goal, but I, you know, I really am beating myself up because I should have had a hat trick. And to his credit, he had like, he had three or four opportunities to score. And so, I mean, that's nice. I love to see that. Love to hear that all about that. Yeah. Uh, some stats. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. And we've made four visits to London Stadium. Okay. And we've won three of them. Oh. So we should play there more often. <laughs> that should be our new home stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was our uh, – it was debuts for Jeff Hendrick, debut for Jamal Lewis, and Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. And that takes – the number of players that have appeared in the Premier League for Newcastle United to 243. Mm. We have Ryan Fraser and Mark Gillespie uh, could make it 245 pretty soon, so we'll see. And Callum Wilson became the 151st Newcastle United player to score in the Premier League, and Hendrick became the 152nd. They are the ninth and 10th players to score on their Premier League debut. But they're the first two players to ever do it away from home. There's that. Do you know who Uh, the last player to score on this debut was? Oh, man. Happened Um, last year. Antonio Barreca. Let's see. uh, On his debut for the club last year, Tottenham? Joe Linton? Nope. Nope, because he started before that. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, One to hmm. nothing win against Manchester United. Oh, Matty Longstaff. Wow. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. I, I was overthinking. I'm literally yeah. thinking, like, signings. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, when did Emil Kraft score? Like, <laughs> ASM definitely had played a few. And I'm like, that's why I went with Joe Linton, because I was like, I know it's not ASM – um, and I knew the Tottenham match was, like, fairly early on because people were like, oh, when's Zolinson going to score? And he finally scored. And I was like, oh, cool, it's still early on the season, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was Alex, Matthew, Les Ferdinand, Stefan Guivarch. I probably butchered that name. Uh, Duncan Ferguson, Cisco. Uh, Papi Cisse, Wijnaldum, Matty Longstaff, Callum Wilson, Jeff Hendrick. Not surprised uh, why now them scored away from home. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, it was at home. Oh, it was at home. Never mind. That, it, you, you had it reversed. But yeah, dang it. Jeez. Yeah, you had it reversed. Why now them potential future uh, Barcelona player? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so in 26 years of Premier League football, it was our eighth opening day victory. Jeez, we suck on opening days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that lets you know. Do you have any stats? 
Uh, no, not nothing. Um, I mean, well, we've got the Callum Wilson stat. Uh, that's eight goals in nine matches for uh, for him against West Ham, which is just – he, he like, kind of – I mean, everyone – people ask him about it, but it's just like, I mean, what is he supposed to say? Like, man, oh, it sucks that I score so much against West Ham. He's going to say the same thing every time. Like, I wish we could play West Ham more often. Yeah, yeah, me too. I would love to play West Ham every single match of the Premier League season. We'd come in second place at a minimum. Like – <laughs> at uh, London Stadium, oof. <laughs> that that would be great because we'd win three out of every four. Yeah, we we so, actually break the points record for the Premier League. Yeah, we dominate. Uh, so we would um, get to expected stats now. Oh, and I have a big one. Okay, for Miguel Almiron. Oh, and this is uh, at Rich Jolly. He's he's the stat originator for this. But Miguel Almiron has an expected goals per 90 minutes of 3.04. So that means for those new to expected goals, that means for every 90 minutes that he's played this season, he is expected to score 3.04 goals per 90. And an expected assist per 90 of 2.33 in this season in the Premier League. (laughs) So if he plays every minute of the remaining 37 games, he will have scored or created 100 and 99 goals for Newcastle United this year. Wow. This blistering form for Miguel Amaran <laughs> in his 11 minutes of action so far this year. That That's a fantastic stat. I'd <laughs> love, love to it. see it. Uh, four expected. Newcastle were expected 1.66 goals. West Ham, 0.86. Elijah, do you know who had the most expected goals? Miguel Amaran. Well, that that's a, a little bit of a – misconception because it was per that that stat was per 90 oh so then the answer is Kyle Wilson yes it is um do you yep um Al- finished fourth on the team though it was Callum Andy Carroll at the second most and John Gerselvi third uh and then and then Almiron uh do you know who had the most expected assists man that's tough I I want to go with Jeff Hendrick or Javi Mankio. You would be right with Jeff Hendrick. You would be way off with Javi. As Jeff Hendrick, I just remember Javi swinging a lot of balls. Yeah. I'm still not sure I expected a cis word. <laughs> it's, I get like, expected goals. It's like your pass should have clearly been of goal is, is what okay. it comes down to. Um, and a flick on in front of the net is is pretty expected that that should be a goal scored with a striker <laughs> <Yeah>. behind you. <laughs> um, yeah. Some, some other stats built into that is uh, we had 60% of the chances. Um, we had both teams had 15 shots, but West Ham had one more on target. And they hit two posts. Um, and the PBDA was pretty lopsided for Newcastle. And then we were expected to have two points, West Ham 0.7. So, that expected goal saying Newcastle should have won this match. So that is that. And going to 538, my last bit of stats for you is Newcastle are now expected to finish in 14th place. Oh. Um, we'll have a total of 43 points. We have a 20% chance of getting relegated, a 3% chance of qualifying for the Champions League, and a less than 1% chance of winning the Premier League right now. Oh, okay. Even though we're in third. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we should do the table next, just so people know. Uh, yeah, the, there's this is the first time in a probably the first time in the history of this podcast we've been top five in the table. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, we have the the only clubs that have one percent or more 
of winning the league are Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, and Man City. Um, Man City has a 57% chance to win the league right now, according to 538, which is by far the biggest. But yeah, I picked them to win the league. So I mean, tell tell us about the table, Elijah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to pull it up because I wasn't expecting to do it, but it's okay. I've got I, it. I have, um, okay. In first, we have Arsenal, uh, which I, I told my Arsenal fans to screenshot this and, and frame it because it's never going to happen again. Um, in first, we have Arsenal. Second, Leicester. Uh, they both had 3-0 wins. Leicester, of course, beat West Brom today. Um, as we're recording this podcast, Newcastle in third with their 2-0 win. Liverpool with their 4-3 winner in fourth. Um, and then Crystal Palace. Uh, rounds up the top five with their one nothing win. Everton in in sixth as well. One nothing win. And everyone else is uh, of course at the bottom of the table. Uh, bottom three, which could be your relegation candidates. This could be one of those that holds West Ham, Fulham, and West Brom. So uh, that's interesting. Oh yeah, let's go to best player. Okay. Uh, worst player is Declan. <laughs> yeah, Declan Rice. But, Actually, you could argue Declan Rice is the best player for Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. You know, I like to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> so, who do you have? Who is your your best player for the match? I mean, I think if you're 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 mad if you don't say it's Jeff Hendrick. Uh, yeah. I mean, you goal and assist on your debut kind of kind of defaults you as the best player. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't really know if there's any sort of discussion. Uh, he was a player. I think. I think what made it all the more sweeter, I mean, he didn't know this, but like pretty much every person in the world was like, why the hell is Jeff Hendricks starting? Why the hell is he still here right mid? He can't play right mid, blah, 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 yada, 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 weak link. And even even up until the goal, uh, even up until the first goal, people were like taking dumps on Jeff Hendricks. Oh, he's a bit too passive. He's not getting involved. Me and Keo's doing more work on the right-hand side than them. And, and good things come to those who wait because uh, he ended up with an assist and a goal. And at the end of it, everyone's like, oh, wow, who's our best player? And it was, it was nice. It's nice for him. Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a 100% in agreement. I think it's Jeff Hedrick. Uh, so, and everything Elijah said is a valid point. So just to give shout out to other players, these are the players that had a seven or higher rating according to who scored. Uh, we have from bottom to top, we have John Joe Shelby, Isaac Hayden, Carl Darlow, Jamal Lewis, Callum Wilson, Federico Fernandez, Javier Minquillo, Jamal Lascelles, Andy Carroll, and Jeff Hendrick. All got seven or above, uh, which that's really good to have that many players. Wait, did we, we had know, 10. Did you say McGowan I don't feel like no, you said that. No, he did not. Uh, well, when you, it's hard to accumulate a seven when you only play 11 minutes. Even if you get um, assists, that's yeah. That's he got a six point six nine, so that's really good for eleven minutes. Yeah. Uh, the only only starting player that did not get a seven was Alan Saint Maximin, um, and it's because of some turnovers he had. But um, he got a six point eight seven, which is still a good a good rating. It's just and part good. part of those turnovers were just due to fouls that weren't called. But you know that's a whole other situation that we yep. don't even have to discuss. Um, I said I'd mention Jamal Lewis, and I think it's important to just kind of assess each player's debut. We already talked about. Tom Wilson and how great he was um, in his movement as a striker. Um, yep. And, of course, Jeff Hendrick we already talked about as well. But Jamal Lewis, like, made a lot of really canny left-back runs that were missing from Newcastle uh, last season. Um, you know, stuff that just depending on the player, you just never saw. I think, um, like, 
Danny Rose just did not make some of the runs Jamal Lewis made. Did not really want to take defenders one-on-one. Jethro Williams kind of overcompensated in that area and did a lot of cutting inside um, and, and trying to beat players off the dribble, cutting inside and shooting or laying it off. And Jamal Lewis was like a nice mix of, 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 of kind of them as well as like kind of Matt Ritchie where you made those kind of wide overlapping runs, could take on players 1v1, really linked up well with Alex e. Maxwell. Just like that was that's a partnership that's going to be really fun to watch. And even when Mig- Miggy came in, he linked up well with him and linked up well with Joel Linton. So just a solid offensive debut for him. Not really a lot to, to complain about. Um, I think that like when you when fullbacks are kind of held to the standard of Trent Alexander Arnold um, or guys like that, uh, people if they don't if they don't assist or score, people are like, oh man, this guy's not he he's he's got to grow into his role, and that honestly, Jamal Lewis looks like one of the best left backs we've had in the past four seasons, um, and he's played one match, and people are like, oh, you know, you know, he's got to still grow into his role. I'm like, if he's still growing, then uh, I'm completely fine with that because he looked great and was uh, it made us it, the fullbacks were an actual attacking option, uh, yeah. which is something we really didn't see that much um, in, in in recent seasons with Newcastle. So shout out to him. I'm excited to see him continue to develop and. Hopefully he keeps developing because that just means he'll be the best left back in the Premier League, which I won't hate that at all. No, yeah. Yeah, pretty good debut for everybody who debuted. And everyone that played had a good day. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's it. Do you have any last thoughts for this match, Elijah? Uh, not for this match at all. I mean, I, I'm excited for it. I think, um, you know, kind of mentioned it off air, West Ham were kind of a, a club that were in flux. They've, they've made some questionable uh, – decisions from their ownership. Um, I know fans, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened if fans were there, uh, if we would have had another storming of the director's box because um, they've, they've pissed off a lot of their fans, to be to be honest. They spent 100 mil last year, and and I don't think anyone from that 100 mil, maybe Diop is someone they brought in, but um, from that 100 mil window they had last summer, I don't really think anyone started that match, which is never a good sign if you spend 100 mil and None of those guys start. That's that's not good. Um, but yeah, so that that's not good. And uh, they sold their best youth player. It's like if we sold uh, Sean Longstaff or Maddie Longstaff, or actually sold them both, um, and just didn't replace them. That's what that's what West Ham essentially did. Was they sold their best uh, young player uh, who was Premier League ready? Uh, just sold him for nineteen mil, and um, it was so bad that. Mark Noble, who I don't agree with on anything. I agree with him on this. Called him out on uh, – called the owners out. So, um, I do think that that's something to consider when you look at this match is that we did take advantage of a West Ham team that mentally was struggling and on paper is not very good. And it's good to know that we're beating a team that really, by all means, we should be beating. And that's something that you really couldn't say for Newcastle last season, especially when early on last season we lost 3-1, 3-1 in Norwich. So, uh, or 3 nothing Norwich. So, yeah. History one. All right. So we're uh, just one more thing before we wrap up is uh, we are playing on Tuesday in the league cup against Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. Uh, just, we, we don't have much of a preview for you. And we, but just one thing I want to ask you, Elijah is, are there players that you are excited to see that you think will be playing um, for Newcastle in that match? Yeah, I mean, there's really, like you said, there's really not much to preview here. Uh, it's, it's Blackburn, it's the Cup. Um, I don't even think I'll write a preview article for this. Um, I, I do think Ryan Fraser probably gets a run out. Um, you know, uh, that probably be the number, whatever his name Rhymes is. Rhymes with Razor. Ryan Fraser 
is going to get a run out. Uh, I mean, this is a perfect match for a guy you're wondering, are they in match? Are they in match? Uh, do they have the match fitness? This is a perfect match for him to, to kind of figure that out. And we'll see kind of how he's used um, next Saturday. Um, I think he plays, uh, you mentioned this off air, but I do think Matty Longstaff and Dan Barlazar, um, maybe both, at least one of them plays. I personally think we could see Sean Longstaff playing um, maybe as a number 10. Uh, and I'd imagine Mickey probably plays and Joel Linton. Um, those are kind of the few I've got. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin, probably. I don't, I don't know. You kind of want to rest Mankio because uh, he's going to be your starting right back. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mark Mark Gillespie probably. Oh, yeah. That, right? And then um, I could see, like, I could see, like, Jolinton starting up top, something like that, something a little different. Maybe you give Miggy a run out just because he only played 11 minutes and just – but you could rest him too. I could see both. So it's um, – I'll say this. I think with Ryan Frazier and Miggy, I think if either one of them plays, it's not going to be the full 90. Joel Linton, I think, could play the full 90. I'd, I'd be surprised, especially when you have – a little bit of depth there with Matt Ritchie or be able to bring on like an ASM or Jeff Hendrick to play out wide. Like I don't see the reason to play either one of those guys uh, full 90. Yeah. Uh, it is Blackburn's first competition of the new season. The championship hasn't started yet. It will start next week. Um, so no, no idea what Blackburn's going to do. <laughs> um, Literally no idea. No clue. Uh, all right, so that concludes our recap of our first win of the season, first match of the season, 2 nothing against West Ham. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is the best CHN radio of the year in the world. Uh, and this is the best song in the world coming out of Newcastle. We'll see you later. Let's get three points on Tuesday. Or let's not. Let's advance. Let's advance. Yeah, yeah let's and, advance. And away the lads. <laughs> Love you guys. I may as well have been in jail. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been a weird. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how weird, I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. The Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Spawn in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home.
castle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the darkness in James's Park In the Gallagher Den in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'll walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seeing him in her way I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home